It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, classic films as well. Oh yeah, streaming too. <laughs> Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. Hello, Jim. And the man who, just like Dominic Toretto, lives his life a quarter mile at a time. It's Murray. Yeah, okay. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on! Okay. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking about the only movie playing in cinemas that we had not seen last week. What's coming out next week in cinemas? Streaming movies that we viewed, Open Rage, Merman Minute, The List, Rage or Dare, and then we sign off quietly, sit at home, getting excited about SIF Calgary Film Festival with bated breath. But first, I'm going to give everybody a reminder about what's coming in October. All the Horror Festival on Twitter. Please check out All the Horror at... All the Horror 18, both on Twitter and Instagram. Check them out at allthehorror18.wixsite.com forward slash event. All of the merch sold from this group goes to scaresthatcare.org. Check both of them out because Film Rage will be on this festival. We're very excited. Two podcasters usually a day. We'll be grouping up with other podcasters. It's going to be fantastic. All right. Well, that's a public service announcement. So. What did we see last week? What did we see? Now, we talked about Mr. Liam Neeson. Yes, we did. And then we saw his movie. Yes, we did. Made in Italy. In Italia. Italia. A bohemian artist travels from London to Italy with his estranged son to sell the house he inherited from his late slash dead wife. Director writer James Darcy stars Yolanda Kettle, Mikael Richardson, Sod Faras, and Liam Neeson. Suad Faras. Yeah, something like that. So, what is a reason to see this movie as a grown-ass man who does not like sappy, formulaic, father-son, romance, redemption films? Well, you could fake your love of this movie with your quote-unquote chick-flick-loving spouse the same way most unsatisfied house spouses fake their orgasms to keep the peace. Thankfully, my wife doesn't fake things, as she says. Why would I? Who does this benefit? Well, the same with this movie. I could not even fake liking this movie. First know this. I hate formula-driven stories, no matter what the genre. But at the top of my list is rom-coms followed closely by either a com or a rom. Writing this must have taken the better part of an afternoon sitting in a Tuscan winery to write the drivel that was the transparent script. Here's how I picture it happening. 
Close your eyes and pretend you're in Italy. Step one, find a winery in Tuscany. So that's pretty easy. Don't drink wine. Step two, find a father-son dynamic type movie already done, should also not be too hard to find. Step three, add a non-essential love interest for either character, doesn't really matter which one, either father or son. Change the names and locations already written by an untalented writer before you. Step five, buy a box of carbon paper and rub the script from one page onto the new page. And echo, you have a terrible formula written script no one in their right mind should enjoy. I thought the movie was convoluted. This was three things in this movie (laughs) that didn't completely annoy me. Number one, it took place in Tuscany. That was cool. The so, scenery was great. Number two, the music in the film was pretty good. Yep. Number three was Lindsay Duncan, a.k.a. Katie. Kate, That's it. Kate was awesome. Love Kate. <laughs> Katie. Kate. Uh, that's also part of the film. That's it. Otherwise, I hated everything about this annoying, so predictable film. The only line in the movie that was worth repeating, as the rest was basically forgettable, don't knock it. You know who else had 12 followers? That was pretty good. This gets a predictable, annoying, non-essential love story for a movie that was supposed to be a father-son relationship redemption film. It is a super duper Italiano rage. Wow, really? And no, Bryce, even Kate could not save this. How could Kate not save this? She did not, from annoying me to the point of an almost sadistic rage. I was just confused because Liam Neeson didn't do any revenge killing in it. So did he? He kind of killed my soul. It, yeah. if, if he doesn't you know actually what? do it, I'll he take kinda, it. If he's not revenge killing, I don't want to see it. There you go. Um. Well, what did you think, Bryce? I don't know. It wasn't that bad. It was. If you take out the silly and super convenient love story, this would have been much, so much better. Liam Neeson was very good, and as you mentioned, Lindsay Duncan as Kate was also very good. At its core, the story of a father and son reconnecting was fine, but too many unoriginal plot devices bogged it down. I hated the side love story between Jack and Natalia. It was not needed. This alone almost made this a rage. It should have. However, however, it was beautifully shot, and there were enough laughs. No. Yeah, there were. To save it from my rage, this could have been so much better, but it's a man. I can count on half of one hand how many laughs there was in that movie for me. I smiled at least five times, and I'm pretty sure I laughed three times. I didn't hear one guffaw or chuckle. It was maybe a... (laughs) That was it. I'm not a a laugh-out-loud guy, though. Uh, What are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that I'm not a laugh out loud guy, though. Yeah, you are. I've heard you laugh out loud. Ah, it's got to be pretty fun. Spitting vegan milk out your nose. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Well, sorry, Diet Coke. I actually prefer Diet Pepsi. Yeah, and which planet are you going to fucking have Diet Pepsi? Okay, tell me one cinema that exists in anywhere in Canada where you can buy a fucking Diet Pepsi. 15 years ago when we had famous players they had the diet right pepsi. diet pepsi so so you're you're living your players. life today as if it was 15 years ago you were you would be drinking only diet coke or water 
or that vitamin water zero, that would be coming out of your nose. And it didn't happen once in that entire movie. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you conveniently forget. Murray, where's the boo button? Can you please press the boo? There we go. Oh, don't be so hard on Jim. Yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't for me, buddy. That was all that, you. that was for Pepsi. Yeah. Whatever. That's for Pepsi products Which is in not general. the choice of this generation. No. Moving on, baby. <laughs> Moving right. on from Kay. town to town. What are we right seeing down. this weekend? This is going to be so jam-packed. Oh, we are seeing Tenet. Oh, Finally. The oh. undoubted. I'm waiting all damn summer for it. Indeed. So Tenet from Christopher Nolan is finally coming out. What is about? Nobody not, knows. Not I really no sure. <laughs> International espionage beyond real time and the fate of the world seems to be at stake. The word tenet seems to be Secret of importance, word? I think. Secret word, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. It's like the same forward Abracadabra, tenet cadabra. Do you know what that means? Although no one knows. It is no. ten forwards and backwards with the N in the middle representing the last letter. Ten, ten. Could that backwards, be something? Backwards. Yeah, probably not. Ten. And net. That is the whole thing with Nolan. At the very least, it will keep you thinking and guessing throughout. Or give uh, you look, a headache. Looking forward to <laughs> yes. Looking forward to having John David Washington carry a major release. This guy yes. is a star, and I hope this is the start of him being at the le- at the lead in some of m- some more major releases in the future. Plus, Robert Pattinson is is, is in it. Well, oh, I can't boy, talk Robbie. today. Super looking forward to this. Yeah. I've got a super Christopher Nolan boner right now, and I cannot be more excited. There's a reason why he's undoubted. Yeah. And we are seeing, which I'm thinking Murray is going to be doing cartwheels later for, the New Mutants. We will see. Because that's, uh, isn't that MCU? Uh, it is an X-Men type with, like, New Mutants. Is but like is it the MCU new... that's, well, that's it's part X-Men of? X-Men is Marvel, yeah. Right, so the New Mutants is yeah, and MCU. it stars the pretty much the only good character from Game of Thrones, mm, Maisie Williams. Yeah, she's awesome. She's the best. So five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Sounds terrible. Sounds Marvel. List. It does sound marvelous. <laughs> sounds just awful. It actually sounds a little bit like Logan, but we'll see. Yeah, if it's anything like Logan, it's going to be fantastic. If Logan. it's anything like Logan's Marvel of lately, Logan's the best superhero movie ever, ever made. made. And it had young on mutants. the planet. It also had young mutants in it who were escaping. Yeah, although Dark Knight's close. Dark Knight was good. Anyway. Hmm. So anyway, we're going to see this, and you cannot kill David Arquette. I bet you can. You could try. Hey. You're seeing this, right? Oh, yeah. You're for sure seeing it. Yeah, it's for sure seeing it. In the (laughs) drive-in? So this is being presented by our friends at the Calgary Underground Film Festival as an off-the-cuff drive-in experience at the Crossroads Market here in Calgary. It is about David Arquette's return to professional wrestling nearly two decades after disgracing the business by becoming the WCW World Champion. Yep. Arquette was the world heavyweight champion of professional wrestling in the year 2000. What? Not only did this tick off wrestling fans, but it also stalled his acting career. 
So for some reason, Dave Ar David Arquette decided that it was time to get back into the ring to prove that he is no joke. Sounds like a train wreck, and I was only mildly looking forward to this, but after watching the trailer, I am actually pretty stoked for this one. Looking forward to going to the drive-in. A little background. 2000 was around the time that Raider Rumble came out. Right. Which was WCW. Uh-huh. And he starred in that movie with right. a bunch of real wrestlers. Hmm. So oh, I think... And yes. he won He I think won it was somehow? A it was a storyline that they put forward that he actually won the belt. I mean... I'm because they all knocked each other out and he just picked the belt I'm up? Surprised, Pretty much. I'm surprised that WWE didn't make Donald Trump uh, uh, champion at some point back in <laughs> 1990s. Uh, because they're not the WCW. <laughs> just saying. So it wasn't there's a, real, a re There's a reason it, why it, the WCW doesn't but exist it, it anymore. It wasn't a real title win, but yeah, this is, I guess, him trying to prove that he could do it in real life. Wow. Whatever. Personally, anything David Arquette's in, I want to see. It actually, so, if, you, if you watch the trailer, it looks well. So I have a feeling this is coming out on VOD this weekend, too. Maybe. Maybe. So I still may be able to see this. I just can't make the drive-in because I got a party to attend on Friday. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see this life. too. There may be something else that's coming out this weekend, but for now, these are for sure three that we'll be talking about next week. Yes. Did you want to mention something else that's maybe playing, uh, Murray, that you're well, excited about? since you gave me the opportunity, yeah. Now, we don't, didn't want to mention it because none of us are actually going to it, though I really, really want to, but I'm working, is... Uh, Underground Film Festival is also presenting two more drive-ins on Saturday and Sunday. It is the cult classic from 1986, Rad. Oh, yeah. It is at the Crossroads uh, Market. Well, I'm not sure Bryce would not want to see this because it's no. totally not his movie. Uh, it's the story of Crew Jones, who is a young local BMX kid who has to overcome all obstacles that prevent him from... Uh, running in the BMX race Hell Track, which they built for professional BMX racers, which was a thing at some point. And it, it, <clears throat> it like it has a Calgary focus yeah, or something. Yeah, it was right? shot in and around Cochrane. They built the actual track in Cochrane, and a lot of the scenes were in Cochrane and Calgary. In 1985, they shot this, and it doesn't really have anybody really famous in it. But there are two noticeable stars. One was Mrs. Rocky. Talia Shire, who's in all the Rocky movies. Stellar actress. And a brand new Jailbird, ex-Full House star, Lori Loughlin, was also in it. What? Playing the love interest. What? It was pure 80s, featuring the best movie song ever, Send Me an Angel by Real Life. I do like Real Life. This song was the heart of a BMX dance scene at the local high school, which you just have to see. It's just... This sounds like a good thing to put into my rage bag. Three minutes, it's worth it. Called it. I loved it. I'm anyway, calling this our, right now. Our friends at Cuff are presenting this classic film as part of their drive-in series at the Crossroads. I mean, I get to see it, but I encourage any Cuffies out there to check it out. It's rad. It's rad. Sweet. I know. Well, you know what time it is. I don't know what time it is. I'm all mixed up now. Let's dance. Oh, we're dancing, are we? Oh, we're okay, dancing. Streaming, motherfucking streaming. We're all back and streaming. Bryce, what are we doing? Streaming. Murray's back from Saskabush. He's got stories about wheat. What are we doing, Murray? What did you do when you were on your holidays? Not streaming. <laughs> I'd like a pizza with extra sausage.
Boy State. A thousand 17-year-old boys from Texas join together to build a representative government from the ground up. And where did we watch this? We watched it on Apple Plus. Right. And it's a Apple Plus original. Sounds weird. This, first I want to say, Apple's putting out some good stuff. And they're buying some okay stuff too. So I just want them to have more content. This is just taking way too long. I'm sure glad I got it for free for the first year. All I had to do was buy an iPhone 11. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> that's it. You probably got away with an iPhone 8, but I wanted the best one. So that's why I, that's why I got it for free. This is a program that every person that walks the earth in any country should attend. A one-week program to learn about how government in your chosen country operates from all levels should be a prerequisite in anyone who wants to be able to cast a vote. What? Why is our education systems not doing this properly so that all kids that come out of high school fully understand politics in their country? You really get to see a different dynamic of each of these profiled kids. What were you watching? Boy State. Okay. Continue. On Apple I'm Plus. En I'm enthralled for the curveball you're about to throw me. Oh, yes. <laughs> you did see the movie, right? I did. Awesome. This doc does come off a bit like this program is a little bit of a cult, but shows the passion that some of these kids have for their politics. Steven Garza and awesome. Renee Otero, yep. two amazing kids who stand for the ethics and beliefs of the power of politics and importance of its consequences. Two out of a thousand. Wow. I really enjoyed getting to know these great kids. So many great moments in this talk. One in particular I want to mention. There's a moment in, in it where one of the characters, Robert McDougall, the Bitcoin jock type stereotype, whom I thought instantly, I do not like this kid. He's sitting with his friends, writing his speech, and he comes off all guns a blazing, pow, pow, full of himself, but then he asks his friends for their opinions. And they have succinct ideas why his speech is not so great. His humility and vulnerability is shown to come so quick, quickly. His ego goes from 60 to zero in less than a second. This really is the heart of this show, in my opinion. Keeping respect and vulnerability through this political arena, respecting each other and learning makes me have respect for each and every single one of these great kids and their learning that they shared with us. Too much country music, but otherwise this movie was great. A real microcosm of America and perhaps the world in which we live in. Gets a cult-friendly, educational, respect for your neighbors and their beliefs, Mondo. Favorite quote, I think he's a fantastic politician. I also don't think a fantastic politician is a compliment. Yeah, that's a good quote. That's it. What did you think? I think we watched two different movies. <laughs> Okay, let's have it. All right, so this this was, I guess this was okay. Steven Garza, as you mentioned, he seems like a really good dude. Rene Otero also seemed like a good dude. But other than that, this was a bunch of spoiled boys playing politics and acting like jackasses. They need to overhaul this program and include girls if they actually want to this to be an experience that reflects the real world in any way. Getting a thousand 17-year-old boys together in this exercise seems pointless to me. Still, it had some heart overall and it was a fairly easy watch. 
Really doesn't shed a good light on the, on the uh, male youth of Texas, however. I don't know what you were watching. This sort of points towards a pretty bleak future the way I was reading it. <laughs> but, you know, because of that, it was still a meh because it was kind of a bummer, but it was a meh. I don't know where, what optimism you're getting from this. I don't get it. What? I mean, there were two guys in the whole freaking thing that were worth anything, and the that rest had, was a bunch of spoiled brats. That had ethics. Yeah, two out two. of a thousand. I know it. Well, we only got to meet like six. Oh, we got to meet a lot no, of them. No, we only really we got, got to, to meet an, six. We got to see enough of what we was going on. We got to see on. six. So, Harry, let me, first off, I'm going to respond. This was bleak. I want to respond to your girls. I feel girls. sorry for the USA. I, I, I want to respond first off to your comment about the girls because uh, girls has girls state. Yeah, and they should be combined. That, that, that doesn't make sense I, to me either. First off... I would agree with you. I think it should be group state or whatever you want to keep people state. Yeah, let's. But that's not what it is. So the reason I felt the positive message at the end was that these kids, when they started, you it took you on a journey of these. Most of them being idiots for the entire first part of the whole movie. Some of them, some of the one guy who was the actual politician guy. Like forget his title. And I forget the which side they were on because they they had two sides that weren't Republican and Democrat. Yeah, whatever. They were they were kind of kept it Nationalists and Federalists. Really, yeah, I think that's really what it was. Yeah. And <clears throat> the one that was kind of like the leader of the House uh, from the one side really kind of broke the ethics that threw the other guy under the bus, which really caused. So what I really liked about this movie a lot was this to me was a really good picture of what politics is for real. But out of those six people that we really got to profile because there was the the, the pe two people that were kind of running for the governors and then there was Robert who was another person running for the governors and the two guys so it was really like six people that you really got more of an in-depth study of of those six two of them ended with real ethical beliefs and they brought up at the end yeah. that those two people are doing amazing things right now yeah. so for me two per Two out of six so is like point two percent. No, out we saw two six. Out of they, they did not show. They did not show a thousand people. You're not seeing. You're seeing a microcosm of the people they were studying. And for me, odds of two to six. Now, what's the math on that? That would be thirty-three percent there, Jim. Yes. So thirty-three percent for a positive future for anything political my to ma me. My math is was, two out of a thousand point yeah, two percent. Yeah. Okay. So you you felt you had enough introduction to the other nine hundred and, and ninety. I sure do. Ninety-four Four people. people. Yep. That you felt that you really got a good microcosm in that. I. You're right. I do not know what movie you watched. United because States because they showed is in six trouble. people. And if two out of they six, thirty-three percent, the fact that they're all sheep and they just follow—it was just—it was awful. No, I Having said it was, that, it was—it was mildly entertaining, but at the same time, it was mildly entertaining me thinking, "Oh man, is the U.S. in trouble?" Well, and you know, here's the thing, because we have a—we're potentially going to have an election in Canada coming up here, but the U.S. is definitely having an election coming November, and. The fact that they they only have a limited amount of kids that go through this, and you saw how they got to really fully understand the political system from the municipal level right up until the federal level. 
So we just didn't get to see all that, but they talked about it. This program, Boy State and Girl State, both yeah, this, happening this, simultaneously. This program, Boy State, that does the same thing every time that they run it. They oh, let's secede from the union. It's ridiculous. No, but that, but that's the the kids of that era get to decide what they're bringing form as their platform. The platform that they're running on is completely different than maybe when Dick Cheney was in it in the fifties and sixties. Which was kind of funny. They brought all those pre- presidents through that actually attended this thing. It was mm-hmm. kind of funny, actually. Anyway, I think this type of program should be introduced even at the high school level. Every kid should have to fully understand what they're doing in government. They don't. They don't do this in high school. No, nah, I, I won't argue that the program seems good. I, I argue with getting that many together for the program. It has to be. It has to be smaller. Definitely has to be smaller well, than so, a thousand. I don't. Th- I don't. I didn't mind that. And the reason I say that is because they basically covered them in two. So you got two groups of five hundred. Five hundred. Yeah. And then you all try to go for the job you're going. But there's so many different jobs that the, they the whole created. thing is they showed at the beginning that all these all these were interviewed to to be in this thing. Yes. Who the hell? Were, I cannot believe it. These are the schmoes that they picked. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine the people that didn't make it? That's what scares me. <laughs> I die. I'm done. This is this is the, the scariest documentary you'll ever watch because that's this is the future of the United States. And, and I felt they are in 33% with a positive attitude and potential future for our, for Hope, our hopefully, largest hopefully, economy. Hopefully Texas doesn't represent the rest of the states. <sighs> I don't I'm not mad at Texas. Texas, you produced two really good people out of six. So that's not bad odds in my books. Two out of a thousand. Two out of six. All right. So we saw. Uncaged, Uncaged slash pray. pray. You've got to pray Which just is to make it today. That's why we pray. pray. 2016 slash... 2000, yeah, baby. 2016 slash 2020. Yeah, <laughs> Take it away, if, buddy. If it's pray, it's 2016. If it's Uncaged, it's 2020. It's a brand new release. <laughs> And that's not the worst part of this movie. Okay, let's hear it. All right, so let's take it from the top. Um, a zoo vet, a cameraman, and a dude in a wheelchair hunt for a giant killer lion that is terrorizing Amsterdam. Doesn't that um, sound awesome? I'm Mark? intrigued That's already. pretty much I it. I know, sounds, right? Sounds kind of bad, and it was. This was awful. The cheesy dialogue and weak attempts at humor fell flat. There is a cringeworthy scene after the... Cr- Sorry, there is cringeworthy scene after cringeworthy scene. In the first act of this involving sex, t- sex tapes and delivery men and alligators with cell phones inside of them and an inexplicable love story and just a whole lot of nonsense. But then we get to the killer lion and one would think this has to get better, right? Right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Well, it doesn't. And even it could have gotten better in any way. It would have not mattered because of the CGI lion. It was awful. He was always blurry. His color was always washed out. If you're going to make this type of movie, please have the budget to have quality CGI. Or why not just get creative with the way you shoot the film? Why even use CGI if you don't have the money? Jaws didn't have CGI. So why use it if you don't have the budget to make it look reasonable? They did have just, a puppet a couple times. Oh yeah, it was, that looked great too. And they foreshadowed this twist ending so heavily that it came as no surprise at all. As soon as the bait was missing, I knew that the apparent end would not be the end, but I digress. This was a mess of a movie. The intended humor was not funny. The CGI was awful. The acting was putrid. It was no fun at all. This was a hard rage. Aww. Sounds awesome. 
I know, right? So here's my take on it. Yeah. Dutch Jaws meets American Werewolf in Paris, but on land. Oh, and it's a lion, not a shark or a werewolf. So basically, not like it really at all, but it felt a teeny bit like it, but not quite. But sort of, but not really. CGI lions, but real blood? What a great mix for a creature feature. There was so much real blood in this. I was super excited. I thought you'd be getting a bloodgasm going on with all the real blood they used. No. Did parts of this movie annoy me? Yes. But I also love the lion running around eating men and children. Mostly men. But only the naughty were definitely done in. Yeah. Lion? It's a noble lion. Lions, or should I say. The, the lion eating the kid was actually pretty cool. Was pretty cool. Lions that kick ass and punch dicks with their mouths gets a funny bad as parts were still not bloody dissatisfied meh for me. I did not how hate this as much. How can you make this a meh? I totally thought it was a meh because I was laughing at how bad it was. I was enjoying it how wa- bad everything it was. It wasn't enjoyable as bad. Uh, I, I see, like I loved funny it. bad. Funny see, bad is I, good. I, I, I thought the this CGI was, was bad. so bad that it made it funny. Uh, and, it's just awful. And and the uh, I just love real blood. So the fact that the lion was just randomly only eating people that were bad, it just made it even funny. It was like, what are they trying to make? Hard rage. Ah, <clears throat> Murray, I think you'd like it. I think I would. <laughs> I actually paused it the, when the when he's at the I don't know at the uh, where the water is and the, the lion comes out and it's like the full screen is the lion. Yeah, I paused it right to there see the just to see how bad yeah, this thing looks. It's funny, I did the same thing. And it was so it bad. It was so bad, it was, but it was so funny. Blur. And the, the scenery behind him was like super clear. Yeah. And he was just a big blur, like oh, just a yeah. mess. Yes. It was awful. But didn't you like the real blood? And there was a lot of it. I didn't even notice the real blood. What? How could you not? It was so contrasting with the CGI lion and the real blood. Yeah, it made it even funnier. It was awful. Aw, I feel sad. Anyways, let's move on. Okay, we saw Capone. Yes. The 47-year-old Al Capone, after 10 years in prison, starts suffering from dementia and comes to be haunted by his violent past. Sounds good. It does. Tom Hardy is safe. Just want to get that out there on the table. Also, who knew syphilis could give you dementia? I did. I am keeping it covered from now on. Yes. That's the truth. This is, all in all, a Tom Hardy movie. I believe he was Capone. And I have raged many times about miscasting people who are not from the culture they are playing. As you all know, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Tom Hardy's the exception. As with everything Hardy does, he completely transforms on screen to whoever he is playing. Capone is no exception. This biopic is not really accurate, but it is very, as it's, you know, it's pretty much, very much he's in and out of Capone's imagination. And I let it pass because, because of that. This film made me go and see two different docs on on Capone and do more research online about Capone online. 
Hardy is a master of his craft. This film gets a mondo just for that alone. And that is saying a lot because for me, the movie has to be a mondo and not the actor. This is one of the only films, one of the very few films, that the actor is the movie. And as much as I'm rating him, more than just the movie. Best line, this is what happens when people spend too much time in Florida, they turn into hillbillies. Yeah. Now, what say you? Love this movie. The performance by Tom Hardy was tremendous. The fact that it kept you guessing somewhat throughout worked well. Was what we were watching real or was it in Capone's head? Taking the journey through Capone's paranoia and altered reality was a fantastic voyage. Well, worth my time. The whole thing was laid out in a way that brought you to the climax in a satisfying way. I absolutely love this. This was a mesmerizing film that washes over you the way a movie like this should. Some may ask, what is the point of this film? To them, I say, you need to watch this again and you will find that is a silly question to ask. No, there are not many answers here. Just an overall impression that made this film mondo. Tom Hardy. We love Tom you. Tom Hardy, so good. He's... <clears throat> Someone asked me uh, on Twitter the other day, who is your favorite actor right now? And I had to say Tom Hardy. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer right I now. I think he's he I can mean, do no wrong. Love Michael Shannon, and I love a lot of these guys, but Tom Hardy can do anything. There's, yeah, I mean, the range of what he's done, just even within the last six years. And the fact that he just chooses such different stuff yes. and, and nails it every time. Yeah, like the fact that... Like ever, if that, he's the modern day Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Think, he's Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh my God. What? That is it. He, he is, right? He is, yeah. He's totally it. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis getting Day a little Lewis. older and he's... Yeah, and now uh, Tom Hardy's taking over. So, okay, but here's a question. Daniel Day-Lewis never did a superhero movie. Oh. No, he didn't. No, or he didn't. a supervillain movie? anti Well, he was an anti-hero. Was he? Was he in what? Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis? Blood? And that uh, <laughs> Gangs of New York, he was a bad guy in that one. Yeah. No, but an anti-hero. Like, you're rooting for the Venom, right? Like, he was kind of a bad guy, but still. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think it suffice to say that Tom Hardy is my new man crush. Yeah. He and, may take over Keanu Reeves as, as my number one. Just the fact that I'm that we're mentioning him in the same sentence as Daniel Day Lewis tells you what a tremendous actor. Well, he's, gonna win, he's gonna win a few Oscars first, though. Oh, he he's will. already won an Oscar in my heart. <laughs> just in your heart, though, Doug. And I don't care what the fuck know, people say about Oscars because they're shite. They're shite. They're shite. Hey, Lewis has two. There you go. Yeah, well, and then he retired. Said, "I'm on the top of my game." That's right. You guys want some of this? Done it all. You can't have it. That's the way to go out, man. Hopefully he's doing something really cool like painting or driving cars in Italy or drinking. Drinking. Nah. <laughs> nah, that's not cool. That's not that that's cool. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Is All it? right. Maybe. I'm sure. Okay. The pool. He's Irish. The pool. On Shutter. On Shutter. Oh, wait. We taught, we, we, did we say Capone is on uh, Amazon oh, Prime? Capone's on Amazon Prime, and I'm not even sure that we mentioned that Uncaged is also on Shutter. Shutter. And the pool. Is also unshutter. Yes, it is. It's kind of a sad double for shutter. <laughs> All right, the pool. <sighs> <sighs> so, dude and his girlfriend get stranded in an empty six meter deep pool with no ladders. That's odd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a giant alligator in there as well. Well, there is a ridiculously bad CGI alligator that looks like it was taken from a 90s video game. 
This got exponentially more dumb as it rolled along. At one point, our stranded protagonist grabs the giant alligator by the tail and flings it across the pool like a 10-pound sack of potatoes. He must have superhuman strength because given the dimensions of our CGI friend, I would say he would have to weigh a minimum of 500 pounds. The scenarios got dumber and dumber as the movie rolled along. The last scene where he holds his apparently dead girlfriend, spoiler alert, in his arms was predictable schlock. This was a badly made film with an unsatisfying ending. Plain and simple, this was a rage. Well now. Is this another one that was so campy and funny that you just had to give it a meh? It just Maybe stupid. I'm I'm just giving you a taste of your own medicine, just so you know. Uh-huh. But no, the other one was a meh for me because I thought it was so terrible. In the first two minutes of this movie, I already hated it. The worst CGI I have ever seen. And I literally just saw Uncaged, so I know what bad CGI looks like. Yes, you do. So it could only get better, right? But then quickly, we are introduced to a super hot clown woman. So I'm thinking, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. I mean, hot, wet, creepy clown woman. What's not to love? Oh, the clown part. All these years, I assumed super hot people could just do anything, including act. This movie proved even in Thailand, hot male and female model-like people can't act no matter how hot they are. And these two were super hot. So even their super hotness could not hide the terrible acting. They were an attractive couple. That's a hot... That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah, sure thing, Ferris. I don't know about you, but once a movie puts you in your headspace about where your mind is, it's almost it almost takes a miracle to take you out of it. So after already hating it two minutes in, I just could not focus could not focus on anything except the things I hated, such as the suspense. They try to build whether he gets stuck in the pool, as we already know he gets stuck in the pool. So we already know he gets stuck in the pool. So no surprise that guess what? He gets stuck in the pool. Did FYI. Get, did he get stuck in the pool? They start the movie with him being stuck in the pool. Weird, right? I know. I was so surprised when he got stuck, stuck in, in the, the pool. pool. The whole unbelievable premise to begin with him not getting out of the pool in the first place because he was told by his friend and director of the film they were making that he was emptying the pool and it's for him time to get out. But no, he went back into the pool to relax and cool off his cute little body on his cute little raft. How about he thinks a house coat will stop the drain from draining the pool? Yeah, that worked out well. Or the worst one of all, who orders a small pizza from Pizza Hut when they clearly have regular price, five bucks, five bucks? Nobody. Nobody orders a small delivery pizza from Pizza Hut. Maybe the rules this are different itself, in Thailand. No, it's always regular price, Even medium two-topping pizza, five bucks, five bucks. This very, they, they and when I say movie, very simple plot, made me wonder why anybody thought this could entertain for more than five to seven minutes at most. At 24 minutes in, we see how the crocodile also gets stuck in the pool. And so with a new look on life, I changed hating the movie to routing for my new hearer. 
Let's call him Crocky. First off, Crocky's just minding his own business when he's barked at and startled by some stupid Shaggy DA dog, practically giving him a heart attack, but still causing him to fall into the pool, which he obviously had no intentions of getting stuck in. After all, he's a smart little Crocky. Then, the terribly good-looking Thai actor dude steals his PTSD support tape and then proceeds to beat him with it over and over again. He's done nothing wrong. He's the victim in all this. On top of it all, he doesn't get a bite of any food. And how long was he in that pool? Surely the dead or nearly dead girlfriend isn't going to be worth much after the traumatic head damage. Surely they could have shared a little small bite of her. Oh, and did I mention they even ate Crocky's babies? That was the final straw. That being said, I hate Pizza Hut. There you go. Oh, and save crocodiles, not this movie in your playlist. Gets an animal rights annoying rage for poor Crocky and her cute little babies. Yeah, I can get on board with all that. Exactly, right? Like, weren't you rooting for Crocky at some point through the movie? I just wanted I just wanted end. and I wanted some t- I wanted little babies to I, I was hoping that the eggs would hatch and that those little babies would eat the dead girlfriend or something. I just wanted it to end. Ugh, yeah. No, I did not think this one was bad good. This one was just bad. Well, having not seen it, just like reading it, the intro that you did about it, I have one nagging issue. Who the hell has a six-meter pool? I looked it up. That's For you Americans, that's 20 feet. Yeah, man. Who has a swimming pool that's 20 feet deep? That's well, just it, stupid. It was, a, it was a commercial pool. It wasn't, well, still, a, it wasn't in someone's feet. backyard. It's, it's, it's a deep, deep end. It's, it's a, a water it's tower. It's a deep it's end not, all the way. It, I stupid. think it was maybe Olympic sized swimming pool. And then you said, how the hell did they even get in there? I think it was just a dive. It was just a diving pool. Like, they're six meter deep. Yeah, yeah, they have to be because there was a lot of dives in it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. There was a just, lot of dives in this. <laughs> yeah, just, it doesn't, any doesn't sound like anything I want to see. Well, it, this builds up perfectly. We we've placed this again perfectly. Yeah. For the next segment. True. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay. This week, my rage is going to be really short and sweet. Normally, I like to rage on for practically 60 minutes. But today, I'm really only going to rage for a very short time because this has been a constant rage of my buddy Bryce's here for so many years. But I'm going to say... CGI is my rage this week because we saw two movies that really were terrible. As much as I gave, as much as I gave Uncaged slash Prey a meh, it's because it was so bad I couldn't stop laughing maybe at the, the maybe, terrible CGI and the real blood. Maybe it would have been better in 2016 as Prey. Maybe. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Let's go back in time. Because who really was the prey in this? Those people were hunting that poor lion. I felt like the prey in this. Exactly. <laughs> I was was almost sadistic. That's how that's how rage Stop making was. trying to make sadistic happen, Jim. <laughs> sadistic is awesome. So my here's my rage this week. You we've seen from other movies that don't use let's let's go back to a shutter favorite of ours from a couple weeks ago. Yes. The one with the uh, internet stuff. Host. Host. Yes. Uh, there was, I, don't, I mean, there was probably some kind of CGI in that movie. I wouldn't have known. Because it was on the computer, you assume there's something CGI. Yeah, maybe. But the budget on, on that movie must have been maybe 
I didn't want to pick numbers, but it was hey. cheap. Yep. You could have made this movie without showing the lion once, to your point about Jaws, and we wouldn't have been subjected to the terrible, terrible, terrible CGI from both these movies that we got from Shudder. I think, I mean, you may not have been able to afford uh, a puppet sort of lion, but I, I quote this because our buddy, Spence Easterbrook, who's making a, a movie in Calgary right now. Yeah, he is. Sharkosaurus. You bet. And he did a GoFundMe page. I think we he raised $15,000 to make his walking shark a shark. an actual shark. And yeah. it's awesome. So we know how much it is to build a shark. A lion can't be much more than that. If your budget is $15,000, you have got yourself a, CG, a, a real animatronic lion that looks pretty good. All right. We could even use that Alberta guy who did the Bigfoot to maybe make a lion. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right? Anyway, stop making CGI movies. With Although if you are going to make a CGI movie, please make it with real blood. And that's right. my rage this that's week. That's your rage this week. I almost feel like I should say ditto, because really, so how can my rage be about anything else? <laughs> well. Is that how we're going with ditto? But, but you did like the real blood, though, right? I can't believe you didn't notice the real blood. So between the pool and Uncaged, they created the double feature from CGI hell. <laughs> Everyone knows I hate CGI to begin with, but this was beyond awful. Why do filmmakers use this technology? Unless you have a major technical budget, you should not even think about using this technology. And even if you have the budget, I personally think you should just use practical effects anyway, as they always look better than some computer generation images if done right. But I digress. Long story short, CGA, CGA, CGI sucks. And CGA, whatever that is. CGA sucks too. Whatever it is. Uh, Canadian Golfers Association. Yes, yeah, they're awful. they suck. Hitting they're coming ball, after you, Carrying Bryce. their balls around. With their, with their drivers. CGI sucks. Yeah. That was a nice, simple rage this week. Yes. Rage. All right, so we had a discussion already offline for this. Did we? Did we? Yes. Well, you weren't there, Mer, because you didn't attend it. Because I'm not part of it? <laughs> no, you just weren't there because you were on holidays. Yeah, I don't know. He, he skipped ahead, I think. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, you weren't here last Trying week. Trying to cut hey, me Jim, out of the show. Hey, Jim, it's time for the Merman I Minute. I still did uh, one, even though I wasn't here. He was. He did do it last week. Okay. Thank you, Bryce. Ooh, I almost cut that off. That's right. Well, this week, I'm going to talk about the rage of Roger Ebert. Okay. It's actually been seven years since we lost the godfather of movie critics, Roger Ebert. He was the original film rager, well-respected, not afraid to go after any director or actor who dared to release crappy films. Mind you, he released a couple of his own that weren't that great either. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, anyway, here are some of his juicier moments. We have uh, Armageddon. He said about this movie, This movie is an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. No matter what they're charging to get in, it's worth more to get out. <laughs> uh, about the village, he said, eventually the secret is revealed. It's a crummy secret. 
but one step up from it was all a dream. Uh, that's a TV reference, by the way. Dallas. I, I like the village. I like the village. Uh, it's so witless, in fact, that when we do discover the secret, we want to rewind the film so we don't know the secret anymore. <laughs> then we keep rewinding and rewinding until we're back at the beginning and we can get up from our seats and walk backwards out of the theater and go down the up escalator and watch the money spring from the cash register back into our pockets. <laughs> wow, he really didn't like that one. I did like it myself, actually. I but did, that, too. That was like too it. funny not to include. Yeah. Uh, Freddy Got Fingered, 2001. He gave zero stars. This movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. <laughs> nice. Uh, then we have Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo, <laughs> 2005. What? He didn't like that? <laughs> also zero stars. Uh, the title character makes a living prostituting himself. How much he charges, I'm not sure, but the price is worth it if it keeps him off the streets and out of another movie. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce Bigelow is so aggressively bad as if it wants to cause suffering to the audience. Oh, snap. Best thing about it is that it only runs 75 minutes. Yep. The best thing about that was the poster. And I believe he goes on to say, Rob Schneider, your movie sucks. (laughs) Uh, 200 cigarettes in 1999. He gave it a half a star. Not bad. Maybe another 200 cigarettes would have helped. Coughing would be better than some of this dialogue. <laughs> and we have Ace Ventura Pet Detective. What? One star. Most of the people look as if they would rather be in other movies. This movie basically has one joke, which is Ace Ventura's weirdly nerdy strangeness. If you laugh at this joke, chances are you laugh at Jerry Lewis. I'm, who doesn't laugh I can laugh sympathize at with Lewis. you, even if I can't understand you. I found the movie a long, unfunny slog through an impenetrable plot. Kids might like it. Real little kids. <laughs> I agree. And That's our mean. last one Are you is asking me a question? <laughs> Stop or my mom will shoot. 1992. Estelle Getty. Estelle, Estelle Getty. Sliced alone. It's one of those movies so dim-witted, so utterly lacking in even the smallest morsel of redeeming value that you stare at the screen in stunned disbelief. Is moronic beyond comprehension, an exercise in desperation during which even Stallone, a repository of self-confidence, seems to be disheartened. And he actually got Stallone to agree with them. Stallone himself says, I made some truly awful movies. Stop or Mumble Shoot was the worst. If you ever want someone to confess to murder, just make him or her sit through that film. They will convince to anything in 15 minutes. It's true. He said that about his own movie. Yeah. Anyway, he was one of a kind. So, R.I.P. Rage on, Rager. Rage on. Rage on. Right on. Mer, that was literally... I, I never thought you could outdo yourself from every week, but this week was definitely the best. Uh, I have a lot of downtime. <laughs> okay, well, I got a little excited to talk about this, did. obviously. I didn't want to mean to take your Merman minute away because that was perfect. But we talked last week, and Bryce and I already talked about this offline, but... I'm bringing forward Liam Neeson on the Doubted, which I promised I would. Doubted? Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't seem right, but... It doesn't seem right, but it's true. Okay, well, let's... And it didn't pass the Bryce sniff test, and you'll find out at which point. But, okay, going back in time. And there's a lot of movies he makes. Because yeah. 
2018 was Daddy's Home 2. Okay, well, that's a rage. Uh, the Commuter was a rage. I didn't mm-hmm. mind it. Yeah, what? Commuter was a rage. Yep. It was all right. Um, the Ballad of Brus- Buster Scuggs, Scruggs was a meh for me. Yeah, it's a meh. Uh, Wind- Widows, which I did not see. Yeah. If it's a Mondo. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even have to be a Mondo. Back-to-back mehs. Yeah. Is it a meh, though? It's, it's a meh. So that's two mehs. He's off. He's yeah, not on he's it. He's not on it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay, but let's just break down his other movies after Widows. Yep. Cold Pursuit was a rage. That was so awful. Men in Black International was a rage. That was Child beyond liked. awful. Ordinary Love was a meh. But you could. I don't even know if I saw it. It was like a love story. His wife is dying of cancer. For some reason, I think I saw it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. So if it was a meh for you, then he still wouldn't have made it because Made in Italy, which was a rage for me, was a meh meh for you. So, but just I wanted to bring this out there. Liam Neeson, go back to being awesome and stop making these terrible, 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 terrible movies. And we don't need a take in part six. No. I think we do. And that's 2018. So he's made eight movies. Like, how about you just make one or two a year? Yeah. Or retire. Like, you're not as talented as... Someone like uh, who makes like a, a ton of movies every year? Willem Dafoe. You're not as talented as Willem Dafoe. Who is so, though? Who is? No one is, except for he makes a bunch of stinkers too. He makes like 20 movies a year. Yeah, but That's he's a, he's always. You still can't take your eyes off. It's true. He's mesmerizing. Okay, so I'm putting forward on the undoubted this week, Russell Crowe, for my man Murray. 2014, which I did not see. And if this gets a rage, he's already not there. So if either one of you saw this and gave it a rage, he's done. Noah. Did not see it, but I'm sure he was awesome. It was meh. Okay. We're off to a good start. The Water Diviner was Mondo. Was Never it? heard of that one. I liked it. You didn't like it? It was meh. Okay. Well, we're still... Was Mondo's? A, it's done. Back to back mess, man. Dude, okay. Fathers and daughters for me was a Mondo. The nice guys was a Mondo. That the mummy was, was a meh for me. That was a rage. Okay, so he's not. Which one? The boy the erased. Mummy. Oh, okay. It was a meh for me, but the boy erased for me was a Mondo. I that was a it. Mondo. Yeah. The uh, true history of the Kelly Gang was a meh for me. That was meh. And unhinged was a Mondo. It was a meh for you, so yeah. he wouldn't. He, he couldn't make you anyway because no, there's too many back to back. And there's a rage in there. Yeah, he, I know. he may not be undoubted, but I definitely that think was a very generous meh from you for the mummy. Eh, I like Tom Cruise. It was awful. Go. I love Tom Cruise. Rage. He may not be undoubted, but he definitely is mesmerizing. Oh yeah, is he not? Is he on our mesmerizing? I have no idea. We'll have to check that out. Okay, so I say he's mesmerizing. Oh, yeah. Well, we can definitely put him on mesmerizing. He was mesmerizing. In, in his the- daily life, he's mesmerizing. He yeah. not have to even be acting. He's fighting around the world. Yep. All right. And I'm going to give one mesmerized. You ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Wanda Sykes. Undoubtedly freaking mesmerizing. Yeah, she's got some good moments. She is. Every time she's on screen... I have a little bit of urine trickle down my leg. And sometimes out of my eyes. She makes me laugh so hard. My urine loves out of my eyes. My urine goes, it's just, she is hilarious. And every time she's on, you you don't look away. You don't leave the room. No. You don't. No, you go. You don't even reach for another panful of popcorn. You just watch. You just wait. And then you eat your cheesies after the fact. You wait, you laugh hard, and then you have your popcorn. Exactly. Why is she not in everything all the time? She should Everywhere. 
She's so good. Right? She can make a movie go from rage to mess so fast. She made Clerks 2 worth watching. That's true. <laughs> and Jexy for you, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, rage or dare, people. Okay, then. I wasn't here last week. I don't know what happened there, but uh, last time on Rage or Dare, Jim had to gingerly pull from the dirty bag the not doubted Kevin James sports rom-com. Here comes the boom. This week, the boys will have to grab a big handful of Rage from my huge bag of juicy, sweet candy films, or maybe my salty but still tasty Dare. Let's check in with Jim and see if Kevin James can win the fight for Jim's heart, or does he lose the fight just like Jim's respect for making this movie? Here comes the boom. So, Henry Winkler, Selma Hayek, and now the undoubted Kevin James are so amazing. This movie was awesome. Well, maybe not awesome, but not too bad. <laughs> Whatever. Well, that's what Bryce might say if he watched this. Oh, I watched As he it. gives out Maz like candy. What? And even gives them to movies without any flaws. But as I'm reviewing this, I also want to give it a man. Not because it deserved it, but just to annoy Bryce so he knows how it feels. I'm just kidding. This movie was awful. Oh, nah, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was okay. Well, maybe. Everything about this movie is contrived yep. and typical for any stupid comedy. First off, Kevin James is a four on the best day of his life. Salma Hayek is an 11, and that's not without even trying. There is no way in any universe where these two would date. So even to hint at a romantic option between those two makes this movie a rage alone. Sports movie, check. Movies that take place at schools, about schools, or even has a school in it, check. Rom-com, check. Predictable, stupid premise of a story to begin with, check. In any world where they cut music class and some douchebag decides to raise money by working night school and with no logic anywhere in this plot ensues, check. The fact that Kevin James, who is depicted as an asshole and cares for no one, all of a sudden decides to fight MMA to save his friend who he doesn't even care about could not be only make Joe Rogan rage. And yes, Joe Rogan was in this film. Nothing about this movie was good and I hated everything about it. Well, that's what I might say, but actually it wasn't too bad. Kevin James is a great actor. Salma Hayek is super hot and Henry Winkler is a like Fonzie. It was a meh. It was a funny how many times Kevin James got beat up. That alone almost made it a mondo. But no, wait, because the acting was so great, I think I might give it a mondo. There you go. For being too bad funny. I could not stop laughing at it. Uh, I don't think you're telling me the truth, Jim. <laughs> this so was a ra- This was a rage. Job done. Such a rage. <laughs> it was a rage. Well, it was fun watching it for like the first two minutes, and then that was it. The yeah. rest of it was downhill from there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you had me at Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler's the best. It's always the best. All right, Murr. We got to pull from your stank bag. You do. Let me do the honors. Sure. Oh, there's lots. Of, oh, it's like there's little pubic hairs in this bag. How did it get inside there? 
tickling my fingers. What do we got? Oh, snap. Is it good? I might like it. You're going to hate it. It's called Rollerball 2002. So not the original? Not no. the original. So the original had what? James Caan in it? Yes. Yes. It's the remake with that guy from American Pie. There's a re- the guy from American Pie, Eugene Levy? No. Eugene the, Levy's in it? No. All right, it's going to be good. I love Eugene Levy. Who doesn't? No, the, the, the kid. So the, he's a rollerballer? The cross dude from... The cross dude? Yeah. What? You know, the roller by Chris Klein. That's him. Jean Reno, LL Cool J, Rebecca Romaine before she was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Stamos. Yeah. Naveen Andrews. This the cast just keeps getting bigger and better. No, the cast sucks. Roller ball. I cannot wait to watch this again. But Eugene Levy's in it? But LL Cool J is. There you go. The cool but one. But you is Eugene Levy in it? No. Oh. No. Why did I think he was in it? Because you knew, you thought American that Pie. Eugene Levy was <laughs> oh, the only right. person that was in the movie Ameri- American, American Pie. Pie. It was just all about. Well, he's him. the only memorable character. Well, Chris Klein was obviously because he got he got cast in this movie because of American Pie. Exactly, and there's nothing else since. I I'm going to love this movie. There's going to be a lot of punching and kicking and roller derbying. That's right. Love it. I'm already excited. Yeah. Do I have to watch it? And yep. it's a sports We movie. both do. I would rather not watch it. Well, you're going to watch it anyway. I think we should have three passes a year. No nope. fucking way. Nope. It's not going to happen. It's part of the torture. I, w- I would like to use my first pass this nope. week, No, I would have nope. used it on cats, nope. and we can't. So if we can't use it on cats in retrospect, because I can't undo that from my mind, mm. we're not allowed to use them ever. All right. All right. Well... Ah, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film raid crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography. Leonard Conlon Photography. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often. And please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage Rage on. on.